August 26, 2022. It's what for Pedro's show. No. I, as I told the young man, yes, uh, the student, I told him that, uh, and I couldn't answer this. Yeah, I, I, uh, I don't talk much, you know. But uh-huh. you got me talking, man. For hours I've been talking, and I'm not a talker. But uh, I thought about this question after I'd answered it the best I could, and I felt that I, I didn't tell him. Well, I didn't tell him was what I really wanted to. But uh, he, he felt that I was Christian, mm-hmm, right, and. Uh, I am by as far as birth, or my mother was, mm-hmm. or my father was, and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, my early teachings were the mm-hmm. Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And um, as upon uh, now, as I look out upon the world, and it's always been a thing with me, to feel that uh, all men know the truth. Mm-hmm. See? I see. And uh, so therefore I've always felt that even though a man was not a Christian, mm-hmm. he still had to know the truth somewhere. Mm-hmm. Or if he was a Christian, he could know the truth. Mm-hmm. Or he could not. It's according mm-hmm. to whether he knew the truth, mm-hmm. and the truth itself mm-hmm. doesn't have any name on it to right. me. See? Mm-hmm. And uh, each man has to find this for himself, I think. You always knew it was coming to this. Your country is run by a fucking fascist You see something, it's unjust You see something, it's not right You gotta do something You gotta join the fight We need you to smash the fascist We need you to smash the fascist What a field day for the fucking heat They're snatching people off the fucking street You see something, it's unjust You see something, it's not right You gotta do something You gotta join the fight We need you to smash the fascist 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 You should be afraid You should get your ass down to the barricade It's time to go to work It's time to organize Because the fascists are here Right in front of our eyes You see something It's unjust You see something It's not right you gotta do something. You gotta join the fight. We need you to smash the fascist. 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 We need you. What for Pedro show started off with uh, John Coltrane in Tokyo 1966 talking about finding the truth.
And then we had Pocket Fisherman with Smash the Fascist. And uh, speaking of which, on the other side of the line, uh, thanks to those Estonian software people, their Skype invention, Brother Brent. And uh, who was the connect? It's Thor, right? It's Thor. It's Brother Thor. Beautiful Brother Thor. And uh, he was, I guess, the drummer man in Pocket Fisherman? No, no, he. I've never had the pleasure oh, of playing okay. with him. Okay. I, I think, though, uh, I might get to start playing bass for Thor and Friends. It's a possibility. But Thor and me are just, I'm just one of the friends. That's okay. So, yeah. Well, music, I remember Raven Pettibone once telling me, you know, uh, people in bands should be friends. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> and that's one of the things that we really believe around here. You know, that's one of the things you learn early, actually. Where, where are you talking to me from? I'm talking to you from Austin, Texas. Okay. Music town. A little bit sweaty, I bet. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I, when was I? I was there in March, I think. And uh, I saw you. With uh, Mike Baguetta and Stephen Hodges. Yeah, MSSV. It was the coolest thing. Outside, yeah. like, uh, what was it? It was some kind of a benefit or festival it was, or something. I, yeah, they call it the Chili Dog Fest, and I'm not 100% sure why, but there are chili dogs there. But it's just like a, you know, massive three stages and people coming and going and the usual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get into your journey dealing with music. Please bring the earliest memory you got <laughs> music-wise. Remember, yeah, it's a Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. Thank God. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. Since I was listening to some of your communiques, I uh, noticed that you answered. I mean, that you asked this question. So I had to try to remember something because I don't have a great memory. But um, I do remember when I was like four or five years old. <laughs> this would have been 1968. Um, being in the kitchen of this tiny little house that we lived in in this tiny little town in Oklahoma and hearing but, you know, this song that they played all the time on the radio at the time, which now I know it's called Classical Gas. But, you know, back then I didn't really know song names and so on. But I looked it up because I was trying to figure out the name. I never did remember the name. Instrumental. Yeah, it's an instrumental with like classical guitar. And da -da 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 it's a mixture. Yeah, it's like a featured Spanish uh, nylon string guitar, but with a symphony with it. Totally. Real pretty song. Catchy melody. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good memory. That's a good... That's a good... Pretty sophisticated. I mean, for a four or five-year-old, that's a pretty sophisticated piece of music. <laughs> well, it's about the melody, you know, for me. And so there's a huge, awesome, glorious melody there. Yeah. Now, in that little... Uh, the pad you grew up in that town, was there musical instruments? Shit, <laughs> no. There wasn't nothing. Okay. I mean... Well, you played the radio. There, there was a radio. Yeah. <laughs> there were no instruments in my home. There was probably pianos all around town, but of course there was only like 2,000 people in this town. Um, that the, the piano was pretty much the only instrument you would find in southern Oklahoma, and there were certain people who would be like carved out from whatever family who they would play the piano. That would be them. And no one else would really do anything. Well, there's a, so, some famous guys from Oklahoma on guitar. Uh, yes. One of them, Charlie. Yeah, Woody Guthrie, but also the, the singing cowboy, Gene Autry, who opened up oh, the yes. oh, yes. Cowboy yes. Museum here uh, by the observatory, you know, where that knife fight is in Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yeah. Dennis Hopper with blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, black cowboy section, you know, a lot of stuff. Not just, you know, so many people get trained by the movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. actually wanted people to get the real story. That was hard work, uh, vaqueros and <laughs> stuff. Uh, but the guitar a little more portable than a piano, especially if you are on a horse. Yeah, it's preferable in many ways. Well, let, let me ask you this. What about uh, school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, nothing. I was the most unmusical person around, and my mom had like zero affinity for music. And so, like, we just, we, but the thing is, if I'd have thought about it for two seconds, I would have realized that I could maybe have done it, or I, it didn't even uh, occur to me to do it, you know. But like, I remember hearing the Beatles when I was eight years old, actually before then. Um, and I knew I loved the Beatles, you know, so like I knew I loved, I didn't actually know I loved music. I just did without knowing it. Kind of weird. Words probably come after anyway, feelings first. What was the first record you bought with your own money? I think it would have been a 45 of Communication Breakdown by Led Zeppelin. Okay. And what was the first gig you saw? Uh, it would have been Kansas and Cheap Trick at the San Antonio Convention Center when I was 14. Okay. Arena Rock. Arena Rock. That's yeah. what they have in San Antonio. Well, yeah, Army Town, right? Yeah. Actually, there was a p pad there I used to play, and the guy got shot to death. <laughs> no. You know who lived? Uh, I laugh. What's his name? Chris Smith? Uh, mm. Gay Sports. He's got a bunch of bands. Uh, Hickoids goes back, and uh, he lives in that town. It's only 70, 80 miles from Austin, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. So, uh... Now, you say you felt you liked music without admitting it with language. How did you get going? Did you, did you meet anybody that put a sea change in your life? Well, like to get into start performing music, you know, I moved up here. You know, once you're in middle school and high school, you kind of have to make terms with music, you know, because everybody's pushing it on you and it's just all around you, at least in, in my youth. But then when I moved up to Austin... It was a whole different level. It was a whole another thing up here. And this was in 1981. So the punk scene was, was happening in Austin that early. And, uh, and every, that's all anyone talked about, you know. And so I, went, I came up here. I wanted to be in film or maybe do writing. But everyone was talking about music. So I was like, well, shit, that's the game. So then I, you know, you want to do what everybody else is, like, paying attention to. So... There's that. What about you? You had it. Tell, I want to hear about you. You know, I mean, I know a little bit about you from reading about you, but did you have a, a guitar in your childhood? No, I got the music to be with D. Boone, but, you know, I only got so much time with you. So people hear me <laughs> fucking every day, every show, okay? Because <laughs> well, we could talk offline or something, but for the show, let's, like, educate the listener and stay right, getting the right. same old fucking reruns from what? Uh, I got in music to be with D. Boone, okay? His mom put me on bass. That. Not even my decision. I just wanted to be with the man. Uh, yeah. Right? Everybody's got different reasons why they got into... For example, what was the first instrument? That I played? Yeah. Yeah, guitar. Yeah. Well, I, why? Why I got, did you pick that? You know, it's just the one. That's just what you do. You just get a guitar. And um, I taught myself how to play it and I never took any lessons and you know I became a shitty guitar player and I remain a shitty guitar player what was your first guitar was it acoustic uh it was acoustic a, a girlfriend got me a guitar when I was 19 
and uh, I still have that guitar, pretty crappy guitar. But you know, like I fetishize guitars. Anybody who's been around them fetishizes them. And um, and then like two or three years later, I got an electric guitar. And a year or so after that, I finally got in the band. It took me a long time. And uh, self-taught, you know, right? No, no lessons. Self-taught. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No lessons. I should have taken lessons. I mean, like I say, I don't have. I didn't have any music theory knowledge. Nothing. I didn't know what a harmony was as opposed to a melody. You know, I didn't know the difference between a melody and a harmony when I started I bet you playing. Most people Nothing. don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, you know, yeah. you, you get into it, and then, you know, music is such a, a part of people's lives. I think you don't have to have, like you were saying earlier, words for it. Yeah, it's true. That's a beautiful thing about it. Yeah, yeah. And it, uh, it's a interesting way for humans to connect. It doesn't yeah. have to have uh, so much hierarchy, or, but sometimes it does, and it's a lot of drama, and it's t horrible. <laughs> That's why I love what Raymond said, friends should be in bands. I want to play this tune you sent me, uh, uh, Colonoscopy? <laughs> yeah. Colonoscopy, 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 colonoscopy. Yeah. 
gotta steer them right From foolishness never leave their side Day by day, night by night Steer them clear, gotta be their
next to you rub up against you. What you do? What would I do? your humble daughter a million years ago before the Eskimo know you're gonna be coming to Austin Town, coming to my street, coming to my door, opening my door, look at my room, look at me on the floor, and I know when it's all over, Amy Carter, I'm gonna be making you dinner. Show that chunk of music started off with Pocket Fisherman. And it's spelled that way on purpose, right? Yeah. For search engines on the internet. Uh, colonoscopy. Then we had brand new from Sleep Party People. 
Actually, it might be a reissue, huh? Tide. Well, it's new to me. Right? There was this band up in the city called Black Humor, and they had this one line. The only thing new is you finding out about it. Oh, hippies in black cool. leather jackets. Hippies. Hippies. That's <laughs> hilarious. This lady screaming her brains out. Phil Maggie after that with, will the night never end? Horace Andy with the way, with the gun and knife. Uh, King of Fools from Bad Reputation with the Contra Brassens. Hudson Valley. Upstate New York. Afternoon Freak. Myself with Danny Frankel and Matt Motel. Third album. Four times three minus me. And then finally, Amy Carter by the Pick Pocket Fisherman. Not to be confused with the music proj Amy Carter. We're going to play some next hour. Uh, so, you get in a band, you don't, you don't do the solo guitar thing, singer-songwriter, or you immediately get in a band after you uh, get, nah, a you get in a band on your instrument. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Pettibone. Got to find your friends. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and in fact, uh, I've done music with him in a project called Sock Tight. It's beautiful. He's a great rapper. So what was this first band you joined? The first band? It was Pocket Fisherman. Okay. And, um I put it together, you know, like... Uh, oh, you didn't join a band. You started it. Okay. I started it, yeah. Well, that's great. And uh, had, I had a roommate named Ron Williams, who I lived with for years. He was on the bass. I met uh, this dude in film school, or well, in communications college, Chris Burns, the guitar player. And I had an old high school friend, Marcus Trejo. Well, he there's a Chris Burns up in Canada. I play his music all the time. Montreal guy. Uh, yeah. Mm. And uh, who was the, the, the final guy? Marcus Trejo. Marcus Trejo. Okay. And, okay, where, uh, do you remember the Pop Peel, Pocket Fisherman? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was in, you know, currency at the time. That was in, everyone knew what that was. Like you would just whoop this baby out of your pants, right, and start <laughs> fishing. <laughs> the next thing you know, you have a big, like, five-pound bass on it. <laughs> right, right. So... Now, you put the band together. You must, did you have a batch of songs first? Uh, probably not. I don't believe so, but it didn't take long. Um, you know, um, I just, like, we got the people to come over to the apartment. And, you know, Marcus actually, like, played on a trash can the first time we were there. And okay. uh, it was it was that, like, you know, that level. And... Uh, and then, of course, like rush out and buy some drums and like write a couple of songs, you know, just like making like horrible long ass jams and shit like that. The usual, I guess, is what you'd say. How long before you do your first gig? Uh, we did our first gig six months later. Okay, so six months of prac. And yep. what was the first gig like? Um, I think there was like about nine or ten people there. It was at a a building that still exists here in Austin um, that was a Vietnamese restaurant in theory, but very few people ever actually got any food from this place. And um, there was this woman named Fong who ran it and didn't seem to be too many other people in the place. And like, if you ordered a beer, she would go across the street and buy one at a convenience store and bring it back. What so was what was the name of this pad? 
It was uh, Dong Dong Wong. Okay. Dong Wong's Dong Wong Dong Wong. So that was a place where a lot of punk bands. You know, there was like several waves of these punk bands here in town, and we were part of the third wave. What you probably call the I don't know the third wave, whatever. But um, a bunch of other bands came up at the same time in 1986, 1987. So they all started playing at this place just for like maybe six months because it didn't last very long. And uh, well, back to your gig. How did it go? Uh, I suppose it went well, but you know, I mean, and we weren't. Did they throw good. shit or? Pardon me. Did they throw shit at you? I mean, you know. No, no throwing. You know, it was like. Like people weren't dancing so much anymore at that point, so people would stand around and it would be kind of like, like heavy and kind of weird, you know, heavy and weird. You mean like a lot of hands on chins, folded arms. Mm, they don't put them on there. They didn't put the hand on the chin. It's more like slumped shoulders, like leaning forward slightly, getting real drunk. Um. I guess people would move around a little bit, but it was also loud, you know, ear splitting, you know, chaos. There's a lot of, there was a lot of chaos and noise in, in the music at that point because people were, and all these young people were trying to learn how to play and letting it come to them. The, the cats in your band. Yeah. And in the other bands too, there was a couple of bands that were like, kind of had their shit together and knew how to play their songs and they would be better arranged and then there was everybody else interesting interesting but that you know that's a scene right yeah it's a scene yeah there's nothing wrong with that it helps like you say they come in waves yeah and god can you, if you think about it now it's been what 40 years yeah 50 years <laughs> of punk no i mean really seriously it just yeah, keeps, really totally yeah it keeps rolling and rolling and uh Okay, when the gig was over, did you guys have like a de debriefing? Yeah, we would always go back and like talk about what happened. And we would drink like these Jolt sodas, you know, these like caffeinated sodas. I remember Jolt. Yeah. And so we would like and, and smoke tons and tons and tons of marijuana, just constant marijuana. And, you know, and then so we I anticipating your next couple of questions. So. We kept playing, and like for the next six months, the shows got, you know, less and less attended it, to the point where finally we had a show at the same place, and no one at all showed up. And so uh, then finally, like two people showed up, and instead of playing the show, we just went over to their house and jammed. So that's that was the trajectory. <laughs> well, these songs that you flowed me must have been recorded at some time. Well, that one Amy Carter one was recorded like a year after we got together. So that that was our our hit or whatever. And where'd you record it? We recorded it at this little uh, studio that's no longer there. Just bought the studio time. Chris Burns, the guitar player, had aspirations to be a recording engineer. And in fact, that's what he is now. So like he wanted to record the records. That's one of the reasons he wanted to be in a band was so he could like get his hands on the machines. And uh, so we went over there, did it ourselves, you know, like pre pressed it ourselves, sent the stuff out. Like I sent the stuff out in, you know, mailers to <laughs> addresses that I found. I think I don't know how there was no Internet. It, it, it ended up a seven inch. 
it ended up a seven inch yeah and they played it on wfmu and in some other places and we went and did a little tour the next year and you know it wasn't too bad it was fun but um but yeah how long and, did how long did the pocket fishermen exist uh they still do exist oh okay okay yeah we're still putting out we don't put out music very often, but we put out a new record, I think, a year ago or a year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and you say the band started in 86? Yes. Wow, that that's pretty long time to have a band. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's like my right. whole fucking life at this point. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, cool people, too, that, you know, not being dickheads. And getting a little yeah. Remember we were talking about drama and all that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's where I learned about that because, you know, like we would have like I had fights with my with my best buddy, Chris, you know, and like wanted to kick him out of the band. And then like like three or four years in. And then after that, we were like, what the fuck? You know, what what are we doing here? Like, if this isn't fun, why are we doing it? You know, so. Yeah, yeah. It's been a love fest ever human, since. Human beings. Human beings are, are a very strange species. <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour, August 26, 2020. Second edition of the Lot from Pedro Show. Uh, special guest, Brant Bingaman. Bingaman, yes, yeah, sir. Bingaman, yeah. Hold tight for our two. August 26, 2022. It's the second hour of the Lot from Pedro Show. <laughs> Bye, bye, bye. 
Thank you.
me. I'm glad there's something wrong with me. I'm glad. Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with Pocket Fishing. Doing Big Blue Ball. Then S.R. Woodward. Play this for the living. Northern Jaw, Coda. A guide to getting low. Code is usually right music word for uh, the end. I think it's Italiano for tail. <laughs> Stranded at the airport lounge from Mama's Prendon, and finally the horsies with "I'm glad." You know, you, you gave me the horsies. Enlighten us, please. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, so then you know, in the rock and roll band and the punk rock band. For five years and I was like thinking to myself I had an epiphany and I was like music is supposed to be for dancing that's what it's supposed to be for and so then I wanted to have a dance band and so then I and I wanted to have something that was completely different from rock and roll and I and I like African music and I like Cuban music so I wanted to have a band that combined those two types of music so started that band with the person who was my wife at the time Julia Austin and brought in, you know, like some super, super, super awesome people, some beautiful humans. And, you know, what did you think of it? Did you, did you listen to that? Do you listen to these things? Oh yeah. Yeah. The horsey, where'd they get the name? The horsies. Uh, that was Julia Austin. That was her idea. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, if you float it to me, it's something that I figured that you wanted people to know about. So I wasn't yeah. really uh, here to judge you or anything. I, I want people <laughs> to learn. You know, the whole idea of this show, in a way, is to make people brave enough to get in bands and to make songs and recordings. Because I think if people hear from about it from other people, it won't be so as uh, scary and mysterious. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, I hear that. Right, that's right. A, so I like this a, idea, like, you, you felt you had something missing in your life, like not having a dance band, so you went and fucking put one together. Yeah, that's right. And I brought in Bill Anderson, who's been in, like, two other of these. these the, this dance band idea has also been a very long-lived concept for me, because after the Horsies broke up, uh, I started another one. And then, uh, just like five or six years ago, I started a, a third one, which has now also uh, run its course. But Bill Anderson, the guitar player, has been in all of them. He's kind of a famous figure here in Austin. And um, Sherry Lane was in the horse. He's Christy Knight, Rich Malley. Also, I also continue to play with Rich. So it's kind of lucky for me, you know, like I've had these people in my life. I've been able to, you know, just like be close with them and keep doing projects with them. Super cool. It's like the community here rocks. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I said at the beginning of the show, Music Town. I know it's, yeah. a, it's a school town. And it's a, a government capital town too. But lots of different things. Uh, the Horsies did gigs or just recordings? Yeah, they did gigs. They became one of the most successful bands in town for about a year or two, and and then my wife at the time uh, got pregnant. We have a we you know she got pregnant with my first kiddo. I have two kids. And that kind of put the kibosh on the band, you know, because that, that'll just fuck a band over in no time. Having children? Yeah, having children. I mean, some people can hand, some people do it, but I don't, 
I see it usually it ruins the bands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, my pop used to say about the Navy, you know, he was a sailor, and he said, yeah, the Navy wanted me to have family, they would have issued me one. <laughs> he kind of laughed. <laughs> Look, I mean, you gave me this shit here, uh, cat scientist I want to play right now.
some more fish. And thanks, I want to thank James for cooking the fish all day long because he cooked it all day long. Yes, James Lawrence Thornton, thank you. Also, I'd like to dedicate these next two songs to Lawrence Heads. Yeah, Lar, Lar. Are you ready, Chris Burns? Yeah! 
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music start off with cat scientists doing precipice. Then Nels Klein and Elliot Sharp. There's two guitar players. Uh, let her in. Ray Shin after that with uh, Anoxic Love and Amy Carter. Now this is the proj, not the song. Up in the treehouse. This was a gig, right? Not too yeah, long ago, that's... only a couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. So tell me about both these 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 projects, Cat Scientist and Amy Carter. So Cat Scientist, like I say, I wanted to have you know my horsey's band died, and then four or five years later, I was like, I want to do the dance thing again. So I asked Bill. He came in. We got Ray Schickler, Julian Peterson, Cisco Gilliland, and we did that for five years, you know, and. Like I was thinking, I was liking drum machines, so I wanted to try to have drum machines in it. That didn't work out, as it turns out. You know, like we're too much from Austin, so we need to have our drums, our real drums. But we did that, and then like five or six years ago, I got remarried, and my wife is a is a crazy good singer. She sings choral music. You know, she's like conductor and. And she also is like, she's a soprano, so she can like sing like the totally legit. You know, next hour we're going to play this Fontanelles. Is that her singing in Fontanelles? Yeah, that's, she's one yeah, of Yeah, incredible, really good singer. Yeah. Much respect, much respect. There was a band here in the old days called the Fontanelles. I remember one of the Sacred Trust bass players played him. And it's some, some, it's like the soft part on a baby's head, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> kind of and that was heals yeah. up. It gives your brain room to grow and then heals over. <laughs> but, oh, right. but cat scientists—that is such a trippy name for a dance band. But interesting. And uh, yeah, that did that. That band did gigs too, right? The, you 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 just don't do playing uh, recording projects. You put this on stages in front of people, right? Yeah, right. In Austin, it's more about the gig than yeah, the yeah. Of course, a lot of places to play. Tons of places to play, and it's just that's the way it is, you know. Like, I, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just how it is. No, it's so, it's all right, you know. Yeah, There's no different and, ways. No, like, uh, for example, do you collaborate over the internet, trading files? Not yet, but I sure am open to it. Yeah, it yeah, be I, I've been doing it for I don't know, ten, fifteen years. I've made buttloads of albums with people I've never even met. Whoa. <laughs> What but it's never been on the stage, see, so that's why I asked that. You know, that's so cool. You know, I love the way you play the bass. You know, I love the way that it's. Well, I'm learning play... how to play. I kind of wrestle it. <laughs> still learning. Still learning. And, uh, I just put flats on one of my bass. Man, they're oh yeah, that's what I play with. With flats? Yeah. Yeah. I put on my Thunderbird. You know, we lost Dusty, right? And uh, uh, maybe a year ago, and. Uh, I took my Thunderbird. I hadn't played it in 19 years or something. And I put a single coil pickup, like he, because he played them old uh, P basses, right? And uh -huh. then I thought, fuck it. I'll put flats on it, too. And the first ones I got, they're labellas, but they were like fucking pipes. So I got low tension ones. They're a little easier to play. But man, there's something about them. Flats are really interesting. Don't they feel good? It makes you oh, want to yeah. slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. And then, and then, Amy Carter. Yes. Well, you, I can't read minds yet, Brant. So you're gonna have to enlighten me with words. <laughs> I'm working on it though. Let's yeah. Let's let's get the let's get the get beyond worked here. Get the brains like completely. Well, this was a gig, right? And, and in fact, you dedicate 
you say two songs, you only gave me one, but in, in right. the little intro of the piece, we want to dedicate this to... Uh, James to, Thornton. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, but but what is it? Just tell me about the unit, Amy Carter. About the song or about the... about the? Well, the song is up in the treehouse, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. The, well, the, well, we play two songs on that little on that little thing. That was that's a live. Oh, they were two. two they were uh, glued together. They were glued together. Okay, okay. In this case, just in this case. Yes, yes. And so, um, we, I just wanted to give you that to show you like uh, how we kind of transitioned into some, more or less a bar band in a way, you know, like and which is it kind of goes along with what we were talking about a second ago. When you're in Austin, you you play out so much. Yeah. That, that experience starts to change the way that you write and play. Sure. You know, because uh, you're playing to drunk people like at 11 Work in the room. Yeah, work in the room. Yeah, you're working the room. So before you know it, without your, without wanting it to be that way, you start to play like more melodic shit, more poppy type shit. So less, less like, you know, like. The early pocket fishermen with the uh, yes. Mota and the jams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Less right. of that kind of thing. Because the audiences don't like that so much. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mota legal in Texas now? Is what? Marijuana? Yeah. Yeah, it still is. But they won't really bust you for it in Austin. Okay, okay. okay. I remember in the old days, uh, Ann Arbor, $5 tickets. Ah! <laughs> That's more like it. Uh, and so, I mean, Amy Carter, it, it, that was Jimmy Carter's daughter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, here's what it was. Like, I saw this thing, I saw this interview with the Butthole Surfers where they were talking about how Gibby went and he, like, rubbed his testicles on the luggage of Amy Carter. And this was, like, in 1988 when we were, like, getting out there and everyone worshipped and to this day continues to worship the butthole surfers and you know like the first uh, hollywood gig was with minuteman and big boys oh, no way. And big boys and uh I, mean, I was on melrose up in hollywood and uh i remember at the end of the night gibby had this gigantic jug of vaseline he says we're gonna have a party tonight well look we're at the end of the second hour august 26 2022 they, they didn't have king or Teresa yet uh, some guy named Quinn. Yeah, they call him Quinn the Eskimo. Uh, special guest, Brant Bingaman. Hold tight, fire three. August 26, 2022. It's the third hour of the Lot from Pedro show. <laughs> Go with 
You ever see this band, Jucifer? I mean, like 50 amps, right? Just set up and tear down. And it's, I never have it's seen just, them. But it's I've, a guy but and I've, his wife, uh, right? Uh, Amber and... Uh, they're, they're really bitching people, but man, they have to move a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Like they, they tore in a motorhome and it's filled with like 50 amps. Oh my okay. God. So Noisuka after that with Oceana Blue. Vex Party with Vex Parties. And then Fontanella's get with Pour Out the Box. So, hip us, please. About about the Fontanelles, thank you so yeah, much. of course, of course. Um, yeah, I wanted to have that experience again. I wanted to, you know, be with my friends again. 
And uh, so I got Bill and I got Rich from the, Rich the drummer, Rich Malley from the Horsies, and and my wife, Adrienne Pedrotti. And like I said, Adrienne can sing real good. She's what you say, choral. Yes. Yeah. She she sings choir music, you know. She she's she's not a believer, but she'll like go to churches and sing like old Italian songs and every other kind of old church music and new there's a lot of new choir music too the estonians are big choir people i know this and um anywho so and then bill knew leela henley and michelle Cahan, and uh also excellent musician type people like real like full-on musicians like who can read music and all that kind of thing they could harmonize real well great great players great singers and where and, was this stuff recorded uh, it was recorded by John Henley, Leela's really good job. Husband. Yeah, he just recorded it in the most kind of uh, weirdest way, you know, kind of like isolating each instrument and playing. Oh, them I've had to do time. stuff like that where you you're not even in the same rooms, right? <laughs> just yeah. headphones. Yeah, totally. I it did was this weird. one project. I'll tell you. Here's a little something about what you might want to know. I did this <laughs> thing with Nels Klein and Steve Perkins, who ended up being the first Banyan record. And these guys named Dust Brothers or something up Silver Lake put us in this house. We're each in a different room. And they put fucking Igor Stravinsky right a spring over the headphones. And they say, now you guys jam to this record. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, remove that. At the end of the day, you don't hear any Igor Stravinsky. You just hear these th yeah. guys trying to, you know, we were trying to play with each other at the same time. I jam into this. I mean, Nels Klein's quite, quite capable. But why not take trips like that? Uh, listening to you, these uh, recordings you gave me of Fontenelle's, I, th I thought they're a really good job. Well, I think John did a great job, you know? Like, I, I had my doubts about the process, and I told him straight up, like, I don't think this is the right way to do it. But, man, he fucking did it. It sounds good. Well, you, I got to give you credit for letting him have the latitude like that. You didn't let a drama thing happen. Well, no, I mean, I did pull on a drama thing in which I'm, I'm quite capable of doing it. And, you know, I tried to get my way. But the thing is, it's a democracy. And if I don't have the votes, I don't have the votes. That's good to hear. A lot of people ain't that way. It's like my bait, my bat, my mitts, my ball, right? I'm going home. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty, that, that's, a, that's a good character uh, trait you got there, right? <laughs> I want to play well, some more Fontenelles. You gave me this one trying. Right? That's what you're doing. You're trying. <laughs>
shaped note, west gray home, red gray note, sing shaped leaf, leaf shaped note, red gray tree, west gray home. show last music for this edition chunk start off Fontenelle's doing trying then uh, from Iowa SLW Bob Bucko Jr. I should have listened floating problems after that with post-human water park <laughs> Rapoon with Satar Ranum Satoranum so some, some Latin there and then uh, Ken Vandermark's Audio One C. Maybe that's the, the songs of the key is C. And finally, the Fontenelles with Home. So you told me uh, Pocket Fishermen are still going, but do you spend as much time with them as you do with the Fontenelles? Well, I spent more time with the Fontenelles for the last two or three years, but now the Fontenelles have broken up too, basically. Is I mean, that I right? Okay. Yeah, they didn't call that. it quits formally, but Bill Anderson and Rich Malley have both moved to New Mexico now, like 
Bill moved last year, and Rich is pretty much on his way out in the next week or two. So there goes my, you know, my guitar player, my drummer. So. Yeah, and you, you don't want to replace them, right? If they're not there, then the band's not the band. Start another band, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I like that. I mean, that's hard for people to do, right? It's kind of brave-ass, mm -hmm. but I think ethically it's the good thing to do. It, uh, you're giving uh, support to those cats who had to bail. Yeah. But who knows, Brett? This might be a way of you starting uh, to work remotely. Maybe those guys in New Mexico yeah. can, uh, yeah, send files. I mean, now yeah. you're an expert on Skype. <laughs> so, you know, Pro Tools wow, is the man. next uh, kingdom to conquer. <laughs> yeah, or GarageBand, right? It's free on the fucking crap top. Uh, so, so right now, if you wanted to go play a gig, you could just call up your pocket fisherman guys, right? Do some tracks. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. Totally. Totally. We played on, we played a week ago. And what, what do you, where do you like playing now in Austin? Well, we played at a weird, you know, like the, the clubs are, they change all the time. I know it. I know that. Sixth Street, right? Yeah. And uh, there was a club that, you know, I wasn't too high on it at first, but I really enjoyed it the last few times I've been there called Kick Butt Coffee. It's a coffee house, but it's kind of uh, just I think I'm going to play there with Flipper. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, peachy way. Uh, like in November. Oh, my God. I'm gonna you're go you're Tejas, right? You, you know what I meant when I said peachy way, right? No, I don't know what that means. Latin guys, know. they call each other steer. Like a way is a steer, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when people say no way. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Virginia a long time ago, but I like Southern California. I like Latin culture. And so when people say no way, I say yeah, pinchy way. <laughs> By the way, in Spain, they don't know pinche, right? That's a Mexican thing. Same with the, uh, what's the other one? Ch uh, chingus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have that. Yeah, they're uh, regional um, cuss words, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay. What about. Uh, uh, the material with Pocket Fishman, does it stay current or do you just play the greatest hits? Um, it's a, it's, we got to try to write some new stuff, but it's a challenge to break new songs into the list. What we did with this last record was we wrote 11 songs and we've been playing like three or four pretty regularly. So that's good because like we have never been that prolific and so like our shit gets really boring to the people who love us and we have a you know we have a community here so um it's a, yeah in other words like trying to answer the question a little bit more <laughs> succinctly it's a challenge to write good songs and bring them in that's what i would say that's and a good I'm, point I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah but deep boom uh there was a Minutemen record cover. He came up with this paint, and he goes, I got it. It's like some board meeting of uh, record company bosses. I got it. We'll have them write hit songs. Oh, yeah, right. I, it was, I think it was called Project Mersh. <laughs> right, right. I had that one. Yeah, it was the Minutemen joke record, like on purpose jokes, you know. <laughs> yeah, a lot exactly. of Minutemen was funny stuff. People, so yeah, so if people want to find out about you on the Internet, where can they go? Well, I mean, if you just type in the name, It'll probably come up, you know, if you, especially if you, if you look on YouTube, you can see some stuff, but really there's not too much to know. Like the only way to, to, I mean, you can like look at the songs we've written, you know. What I'm asking friends. you, Brad, is like, do you have a pocket fisherman website? No, we don't. Okay. We don't. Okay. 
question we don't answered, have hard question answers. answered. <laughs> you know, since this show is on the internet, I, I thought maybe there might be a little tie-in with internet stuff. <laughs> There's no hope for any knowledge along those lines. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Now, even you want to have songs up at BadCamp.com or something? I think there might be some, but there's very few on on um, Spotify or anything like that. Okay. It's yeah. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just putting it out there for people want to know. And what, where are your next plans? Um, I need to write some more songs. I need to write one more batch of songs before I die. I want to I want to get back to the way that we used to play and have the shit be more psychedelic and more weird and creepy or whatever. And uh, so I want to try to write a batch of songs that are along those lines. And um, we're just going to go until one of the people dies, you know, or can no longer physically play. I think that's what it's going to be. You know, and then, it's funny though because po pocket fishermen have outlasted all these other projects you sent me. Yeah, it is, and and those guys are none too healthy. <laughs> Your band, you know, it's like the band. Yeah, the members of the band. They're not too healthy. Not too healthy. Lance Farley is our new drummer. He's by new, I mean he's been there for eleven years, and uh, and Jason Craig is our new bass player, and by that I mean he's been there for thirty years. Those guys are in pretty good shape, okay. but uh, I would. But Chris Burns, oh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. You got to write him some songs to give him hope. <laughs> That's right, exactly. That's what he lives on. When you guys get a new batch together, you come back on the show. Oh hell yeah! This is the biggest honor of my life, man. I'd love to have you back, man. Thank you so much for being on this time. And Thank keep you on, so keep it on, please, people. It's been the August twenty sixth, twenty twenty two. Dish your lot, Peter Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>